Let us pray. God, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to gather here and to worship you. And Lord, as we continue in this Lenten journey, may you speak into our hearts and minds in a new and profound way as we examine the words of the Apostles' Creed. May you make this fresh and anew for us, these rich words that we are so familiar with. May you take my words, Lord, and make them yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we, as I mentioned in the announcements, begin our series on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we did this last Lent with the Lord's Prayer to take a look at each of the phrases of the Apostles' Creed in the sermon as we go throughout Lent. Uh, again, these are words that we state in all of our worship services, and, and some of us have memorized them well, maybe others not, and, and for some of us, they are familiar. And like the familiar, things can become too familiar. The beauty of our liturgy is its richness and its theology, yet sometimes things can become rote and can lose their meaning in our minds and our lives if we don't think about these words, pray about these words as we share them, as we express them. And so we're going to take this time to look at these phrases of the Apostles' Creed to reclaim their meaning and value for each of us. And perhaps as we share these words each week, they can be added to in power as we express them together. Of course, we start with the very beginning of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We know these words. Well, I thought it was interesting to first take a look at what Luther had to say about these words. If you could put that up there. This is what Luther says about this phrase. I believe that God has created me and all that exists. He has given me and still preserves my body and soul with all their powers. He provides me with food and clothing, home and family, daily work, and all I need from day to day. I think there's another one. God also protects me in the time of danger and guards me from every evil. All this he does out of fatherly and divine goodness and mercy, though I do not deserve it. Therefore, I surely ought to thank him and thank and praise and serve and obey him. It's interesting we think about this phrase of God the Father. And it's interesting if we look at these phrases of the Apostles' Creed, they all begin with this statement, I believe. I believe. These I believe statements are important. And in today's culture, in today's world, there are lots of things that we can believe. But to come together and to, with some passion, hopefully, say, I believe. The truth is, we all believe different things. We all have different ideas about our favorite food, about politics, about weather, about Ohio State. We have all sorts of different beliefs on the minor things. And in our culture, so often we talk about the things, the minor things, and how we disagree, and we make them so important and so significant that it creates this sense of fear and anger and division that over and over again we read and see news stories, we have experiences where the little things, the little things that we believe seem to create tension and conflict. And the beauty of the Apostles' Creed is the Apostles' Creed is about the big things. 
the big things that we can come together and that we can agree on. And the truth is, I think we need more of that in the church and in our culture. We need to talk about those things that we agree on, to focus on those things, to focus on that that unifies instead of that which divides. And so we have these I believe statements. And so when we say this, we are stating this is what we believe, what's important to us. We're reminding ourselves of the core truth. But I also think when we say these words in the Apostles' Creed, that there are some days where we struggle with belief. And so we come and we say these words not only to recite a great summary of the Christian faith, not only to agree on the basics, to focus on the big things, but we also ask God to help us in our times of unbelief. And so when I say the phrase, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, it's not just a simple statement. It's not just one of the key aspects of faith or a summary It's also a prayer. God, help me to believe and seek out this Father, this Creator, the Almighty God. The beauty of the Apostles' Creed is that it's based in Scripture, that it was was formed in great discernment, that it's standed the test of time, where lots of things don't stand the test of time. Lots of things in our world don't last. And the beauty of the Apostles' Creed is that we can stand and say these words and know that this is still true. It all starts with the Father. It all starts where it began, with God the Father, in creation. I love the beauty of creation because it reminds me of who God is, of the power of God. And then we come to our gospel lesson today, the vine and the branches. It may be a familiar passage here with you, and it's a passage in a lot of ways that seems, we talked about in Bible study Thursday, seems focused in Jesus. But at its core, this gospel message too reminds us that it all starts with the Father, that the Father is the source, that the Father is the gardener, that God the Father is in charge and in control. And all those great people of faith, John the Baptist, the Apostle Paul, even Luther, they always wanted to point people to Jesus, that that's my heart and my passion, my joy, our role as a congregation to one another in the community is to point people to Jesus. But I don't know if you noticed in the scripture what Jesus was always doing. He was always pointing then people to the Father. And so it all begins with the Father, the one who created it all. We are a part of the vine. We have a purpose. We are connected to that God, that God who chose us, who adopted us. We didn't choose him. He chose us and chooses us over and over again and adopts us. But it's a reminder that God is in charge, that God often prunes. Nobody likes pruning, but any of you who have worked with fruit trees or bushes know how pruning is essential to the growth and the bearing fruit of the tree. And by the way, that is our purpose as individuals and as a church, is to bear fruit. 
that we all have a purpose, that everything has a purpose. But the truth is, God is not an angry pruner looking for things to chop off, looking for things that are wrong with us, looking to control us, that it's really an act of care, an act of love. It's an act that says, I want the best for you. I was thinking about this this morning a little bit and what it means to us that God, that God tends to us, cares for us, nourishes and protects us. I began to think about this image of the vine and I began to think about this image of God the Father Almighty. And I was like, shoot, I don't want to have to rewrite my sermon on Sunday morning. But it struck me for a moment. One of the challenges, of course, with this phrase is that we often connect this idea of God the Father to our earthly father. And as a father, I can tell you, earthly fathers are imperfect. Imperfect. That sometimes, you know, being a German, I might get a little grumpy and passionate. That sometimes I don't tend to and care for my kids the way that I desire or know I should. That sometimes I let my own desires get in the way. But some have had much worse fathers. Painful, abusive relationships with fathers. And so this image of God the Father is a hard one. But understand this. God the Father doesn't, you know, isn't about our earthly father that God is our perfect, loving, heavenly Father, who is not out to punish, to control, to chastise, to criticize, to tear down, to find imperfection, but to love, care for, and nurture us. That I, as a dad, can rejoice in the fact that in the midst of my imperfections as a father, God the Father is perfect and makes up for those imperfections. That somehow, by the grace of God, my children will survive my parenting. Just as I survived my parents' parenting, and just as my parents survived their parents' parenting. Those of you who are parents know I see you smiling at me. But then I got to thinking about this a little more. That God chooses to give us choice. God chooses to give us free will. And I always wondered about free will. I'm glad I have it. I'm glad I have choice. I'm glad that God has given that to me. But I wonder sometimes what God was thinking. Because choice oftentimes leads to painful things. Choice sometimes means rejecting, doubting, struggling with God. But then I got to thinking about it in a new way this morning as I sat at my desk. And I got to thinking about it in terms of my own children what it means to want the best for them, to try to give them the best, to push and hope for the best for them. But as much as I might want to in any given moment, I cannot control, manage, dictate every movement, every moment of their life. There are times where that sounds really good to me. But I've noticed it never sounds good to them, especially Abby. And, uh, and I noticed that really... The more I allow my children to be who they are, the more free they seem, the more beautiful and dynamic and powerful my relationship with them is. 
And all of a sudden it clicked in my head, this idea that God gives us the freedom to be who we are, yet cares for us, tends to us, protects us. And so all of a sudden, I see this image of a vine a little bit differently. The heart of the matter of this notion that God is the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, is humility. To recognize who we are and who we are not. To recognize God's great power and mercy and grace. That he created me, that he created you, that he created it all. And God calls us to obedience. Not because he wants us to be a certain way. Not for his own comfort. Not because God said so. I swore when my parents used that phrase, I would never use that phrase as a parent. I lasted like a year, if that. It's not because of that that God calls us to obedience because God knows the best way for us, knows the way of freedom, knows the way of freedom in life. And I think we lose the significance of what it means to be known by the God who created everything. In the midst of the billions upon billions upon billions of stars in the universe, we are known intimately by the God who created those stars who created all the good and beautiful things, and even the things that sometimes don't feel so beautiful to us, but they are. That same God knows me. That same God loves me. You see, it's not an issue of choosing our religion like we choose between varieties of food on a grocery shelf. It's not a matter of what we think and believe and arrive at about the little things. The truth of the matter is either we choose God or we don't choose to follow this God. Either we choose to embrace this gift of being the adopted child of God or we don't. When we make the statement, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, either we really believe that or we don't. And while it can be hard to let go and to believe in something that we cannot fully see and fully comprehend and fully understand, that's where life is found. Letting go and allowing God to be the Father, to be our Father, to be the gardener, to be the one who cares for us. It all starts with the Father. I believe in God the Father Almighty. In the Lord's Prayer starts with the Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Creation, as you heard in the first lesson, in the beginning was God. It all starts with the Father. One God, powerful and mighty, gracious and loving, perfect, better than every, any earthly father we can ever have. Mighty creator, the one who gives us choice, but the one who chooses to love us over and over and over again. The same God who created everything. These I believe statements are not simply words of memorization, words of history, words of liturgy. 
They should be a proclamation. They should be a prayer as we join together with each other. Some of us in moments of great faith, some of us in moments of great doubt, as we start with the Father. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your scripture, for these words, the words of the Apostles' Creed. God, help us to look to you as our heavenly and perfect Father, loving and gracious, gentle and caring, even in the difficult times, even in the seasons of pruning. God, help us to know that you have what's best for us in mind. Help us, God, to be more like you. Help us to look first to the Father as we seek to follow Christ, remembering that he too points us to the Father. And in our times of doubt and unbelief, God, use these words as a prayer that we might be strengthened and given the courage to look to you first. It's in the name of Jesus the Son we pray. Amen.